Welcome to the Wired for Success podcast, your show for ambitious, mission-driven entrepreneurs who want to build million-dollar businesses without sacrificing their health, relationships, or happiness, who understand that in order to build their empire, they need a solid foundation, and that the more they are thriving, the more their business is thriving too. This show brings you the very best from science, self-development, and entrepreneurship to set you up for sustainable success. Hi, I'm Claudia Garbett, the scientist turned mindset and high performance coach for entrepreneurs, and I help you get wired for success. Hey everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Wired for Success podcast, where we talk about all things science, self-development and entrepreneurship that help you get to that next level of success in your life and business. And today I'm bringing you another fun interview episode. My guest today is serial entrepreneur and email marketing expert, Liz Wilcox. And Liz helps you package your magic and turn it into emails that people actually want to read. And most importantly, purchase from. As you might be able to see, she's also a walking 90s pop culture encyclopedia and has a serious sense of humor. So this conversation should be a lot of fun. Welcome, Liz, and thank you so much for being on my show today. Oh my gosh, I am feeling so wired for this, baby. I'm really excited. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this, this is going to be really, really fun. I think so too. So what is it about email marketing that made you fall in love with that? Did you have some kind of key experience that made you decide, yes, I want to become an email marketer? Sure. So I actually, so Claudia and I were talking before we hit record and we were talking about all the things we can do in our business to, you know, not like that make it so we don't have to sacrifice like our happiness or relationships or health. And that's kind of how I got into email marketing in the first place. I actually got into it. I used to be an RV travel blogger. So I know uh, across the pond, you might call it caravanning or, you know, something like that. Right. And so I used to live in basically this box on wheels and I lived with um, my husband and my toddler and at the time, you know, I started Googling kind of, we, we bought the RV, the caravan to save money. It was very cheap. We were living in, if you know anything about the United States, we had just moved to Alabama. My husband was in the military and in Alabama, you know, it's kind of countryside. It's not very developed in certain areas. And, uh, you know, I was thinking of ways to make money. And my husband made this joke about, well, everybody in Alabama lives in a trailer. Let's just buy one of those. And I said, yeah, let's buy an RV, definitely. And he was like, whoa, whoa, I was just joking. But we ended up buying it and living in it. So of course, you know, I, I, I hit up google.com, right? And I said, okay, what do, how can we take care of this thing? I didn't know anything about RVs. And I saw, wow, um, people, people move these things. This thing has wheels. They actually get in and drive away. And, the, and so that kind of became my dream to travel the country with my family, but I had no money to do that. My husband at the time, you know, was in the military. They tell you where to go. You don't tell them where you're going. Right. <laughs> and I, and so then I said, how do you make money online? And I, you know, I Googled that and <laughs> oh, blogging. Right. And I'm the type of person, I, lo I love the name of this show, Wired for Success, because I feel like anything that I do, if there's just something in my wiring 
that makes me, you know, like if you can't tell just by hearing my voice or seeing me on the screen right now, like I'm kind of a zero or a hundred kind of girl, you know, I just go for it. I just do things. That's just part of some kind of wiring in me. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start a blog. And I started a blog and I, you know, listened to podcasts like this, watched webinars, you know, saw the Facebook ads and every guru out there said, oh, I wish I would have taken my email marketing seriously. If I would have gotten more faster into my email list, I would have made so much more money by now. I would have reached so many more people. I would have, you know, been much more successful. And mama didn't raise no fool. I'm nothing if not efficient. So I said, okay, well, I don't, if you've ever been to the woods, you can imagine what kind of internet I had. <laughs> okay. I lived in a campground in a box. Okay. And so I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to build this email list. Everyone says your social media, you know, everything should all lead into this email. So I'm just going to start there. So I started building my list. I ended up, you know, dot, dot, dot. Let's fast forward, Liz. The story's getting really long. Uh, I ended up, you know, just really leaning into that email marketing. And a couple of years in, I had launched several different products with success. But then, you know, everyone says, do the digital course. So I sent out an email that said, hey, do you want, are you, I'm thinking of creating a course on RV maintenance. Would you be interested? And I had 141 people click the yes button. Mm -hmm. And about 100 days later, you know, I created the course. I had done the pre-launching. I did a Monday through Friday kind of open cart close thing. And I made 141 sales. So that's completely Insane. crazy. Yeah. And so when I started telling my story, people said, how the heck did you do that? How did you do that? How did you do that? So I ended up selling that travel blog and going all in on email marketing because I just saw so many people, you know, spending basically years of their life on digital courses and making pennies. And here I was just some lady in an RV, uh, you know, making it work, selling digital courses to people who didn't know what digital courses were. So I knew that that's when I knew like, okay, I've got something that I really need to share with the world. Love that story. And I love how you're just going for it. <laughs> So I read on your website that your first product ever was actually a book about poop and it made 7k in sales when it launched. So how the heck did you manage that? How big was your email list at the time? And what was your email sales strategy for that book? Yeah, so I love that Claudia brought that up because when I sold my business, I thought, oh, I'm never going to talk about this book about poop again. And then I realized you know, Liz, that's actually a really good story. And it's a, it's, I hope it brings you inspiration as you listen today. So basically when I started my website, like I said, I had just bought this RV on a whim. I didn't know anything about it. And then I just started a blog on a whim. And so I was kind of, you know, but we weren't traveling at the time. So how do you make a travel blog when you're not traveling? And so I was just kind of all over the place talking about this, talking about that. But I knew, you know, the gurus, quote unquote, were telling me, you need to create your own product, build your list, create your own product. That's how you make sustainable income. So, you know, it, I was about six months in and I said to myself, okay, listen, you got to think of something, but what, what are you going to do? So I, I had about two or 300 people on my email list at the time, a couple of people, you know, a couple hundred on my social media. And I, I just asked, Hey, I'm, 
I'm kind of all over the place. I'm brand new to this RV thing, but it seems like people are starting to follow me. Why the heck are you following me? Why are you following me? And overwhelmingly, people said, well, you're really funny and you can tell a good story. So, you know, I'm driving home from the gym one day and I and I was thinking about what they were saying. I said, I should create a book about funny stories, like funny RV stories. And at the time, we were also renovating our RV and living in it at the same time. It was just a nightmare of a story. But you know, I'm the type of personality that I found the humor in it, right? And I thought there's got to be other stories out there where, you know, that are just terrible, but funny, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so in, in the RV, in the caravan, if you've never been in one, there's, there are tanks underneath that hold your sewage. And those are called the black tank, (laughs) you know, aptly named, right? And so I said, oh, this is a tales from the black tank. Like it's the, I call it the curse of the black tank. Like if you live with your sewage directly underneath you, you're bound to have something go wrong. It's just not natural. Right. And so I said, okay, I'm going to collect these crappy stories. And a lot of them were literal crappy stories. Mine was about my renovation. So it wasn't actually about poop, but I collected them from other bloggers and, you know, I just put it together. And I did a pre-sell. I, you know, I, every, you know, I followed all the rules, so to speak. Yeah, just pre-sell it that way. Don't create it till you know you make your first sale. So I said, hey, I've got this idea. I'm gonna call it Tales from the Black Tank. You know, everybody likes alliteration, right? A collection of hilariously crappy RV stories. And I, I think I pre-sold three, and I literally just had people PayPal me. I didn't have a cart. I had nothing. And then I created the book in Canva, canva canva.com. I don't recommend that, especially five years ago. Canva was not what it is today. And with my internet, it took me an entire six weeks to put that thing together because it was just so crappy. I didn't think, oh, let me just put it in a Google Doc. Uh, I didn't think that. So um, I launched it and I ended up making... A few thousand dollars uh, just in the first couple of weeks, because again, I it was a collection of stories. So I had other bloggers selling if they had a chapter in the book, they were selling it as well. And then because because of the nature of it, you know, it was funny. It was very, very, very relatable for a lot of people. It started to get shared in a lot of places. And uh, if you if you're just listening to the podcast and you can't see me, I highly recommend Googling me because I just have this kind of face online. And I'm not saying that to boast. It just is part of my person. It's one of my strengths that I lean into. Like I usually say, if people if I can get in the room with someone, they'll remember me. <laughs> and so I was just really leaning into that uh, for that blog and pe- and the cover The image, uh, you know, on the cover was me like making a face and like pulling the lever to release the black tank. And, you know, that was just very funny for people. And so it took off. It ended up getting um, picked up by an international sponsor, Campanda, which is an RV caravan rental. I think they're actually based in Germany. Um, And so they uh, they picked up on it and they gave me seven dollars for each lead it gave them. So they were giving away the book for free and they were giving me $7 for each person that they collected. So I ended up making, you know, I think, yeah, something a little over $7,000 in just like 90 days. Um, And it really was an 
like because it was just so funny and had mass appeal and also because it was collaborative I had other people sharing it like that sponsor I wasn't even on Instagram at the time they found it on Instagram because someone else uh that had a chapter was you know an Instagram expert and was using the hashtags properly right so um that that's that was that was the story of my very first product that's so funny and it's it's so funny what you can how you can leverage your creativity to basically make money from everything right <laughs> yes yes and i hope that i always tell that story and why i kept that story because i actually i got i kind of sort of pigeonholed myself into you know for lack of a better term like the rv poop lady like people were starting to recognize me at campgrounds <laughs> i'm not joking and like oh you wrote that book and i'm like actually i kind of have a master's degree in leadership i'm a lot smarter than that and i was like i gotta get out of this business um but really i i love telling the story now because from a source of inspiration like if i could do that like if that was my idea like a book about poop like whatever you that's not helpful right people always say oh create a course that's helpful fill a need you know that's not really i mean that's filling you know the you know tickling someone's funny bone that's about it right i wasn't serving anyone in any sort of serious way so i i tell that story to say like if i could do that imagine what you can do, like whatever your idea is, as you're, maybe you're listening to this, you're driving right now, or you're on a walk, like whatever your idea is, I promise you, you can make money from it. You really can make money doing anything. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be dead serious. It can be entertaining because as you, as your example illustrated, entertainment sells just as well. And we all know that because we all watch movies. We all like to listen to music. It's not that it helps us in any way. It entertains us. And that's what we pay money for as well. But now I have to address the elephant in the room. So what's up with the 90s branding? <laughs> yeah, sure. So this is another thing. Um, if you can so when we talk about branding and we talk about getting our name out there and really how do we get people to remember us, right? If you can connect yourself with something that feels good, something that's entertaining for people, it's number one, it's, it's going to make, it's going to give you a stronger connection to that other person because you have this mutual love of something but also it's free advertising. So if you, if you go to my website, it gives off kind of like a saved by the bell nineties feel. And suddenly you're taken back there. You're, you know, you're nostalgic, you're smiling. And suddenly you're associating Liz Wilcox with all those feelings. Right. So that's great advertising. Right. But also like I've got in sync in the background yesterday, I wore my Will Smith sweater love 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 will smith for, i call myself the fresh princess of email marketing oh, wow. um but i i love will smith and you know there's other things i bring up um i really like eminem and some other rappers but if i can associate myself with let's say just just say in sync the next time you hear in sync on the radio or you see justin timberlake in a movie or you know somebody mentions it on facebook you're going to think, oh my gosh, Liz loves them. 
And then suddenly, oh yeah, Liz Wilcox. Oh yeah, when was the last time I sent out an email? And suddenly you're thinking about email marketing when you were just driving down the road listening to an old 90s station, right? And that's that's better than any Facebook ad. That's better than, you know, me sending out daily emails, anything like that. Also the headbands, I wear headbands. The next time you're at the store and, you know, you walk past some headbands for sale. Oh yeah, Liz would love that one. Suddenly you're thinking about email again, right? When you were just grocery shopping or, you know, picking, you know, picking up a new shirt, something like that. And so if you, as from a branding perspective, if you can connect yourself with, you know, very simple everyday things or, you know, some kind of pop culture that really connects with your audience, right? Like when I was, when I did the RV thing, I was not talking about NSYNC. I wasn't talking about Will Smith, but I, I did share, my headbands were definitely a thing, but I was, I wasn't wearing the same headbands. I would wear more, you know, like I had a lot of people in their sixties. And so I would wear, you know, like Grateful Dead or Aerosmith or, you know, things like that. And of course I love those bands too, right? The, that's fun too, but it was more relatable for my audience, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't wear, I, right now I wear rainbow glasses. I did not wear these rainbow glasses when I had my RV site. I wore, you know, I wore loud ones, but they weren't rainbow. They weren't as loud, right? So you're always yourself. I'm always Liz Wilcox, but depending on, you know, who I'm trying to attract, I lean more into those aspects of my personality. But in general, uh, you know, if you can attach yourself to some part of pop culture, um, that's the best advertising there is. Yeah, that's great branding advice. Thank you so much for sharing. Now, if you could sure. travel back in time, what 90s were like, would you save and bring back to the present and why? <laughs> what 90s relic <laughs> Barbara Walters <laughs> 2020 you remember Barbara Walters uh, she had that show 2020 I think 2020 is still on but when she hosted it gosh it was so good it was so good and she just had she was just an excellent journalist um, I've never been asked that question and I wasn't expecting that answer but definitely Barbara Walters in the 90s If only we could get some of that back. <laughs> And on a related but slightly more serious note, if you could travel back in time, what advice would you like to give to your younger self? Uh, just be yourself. So the, I always say the best advice I ever got was actually from my mother in the seventh grade. Believe it or not, when I was growing up, I, I didn't speak until I was seven years old. Uh, except to my mother and my sister, I was, they call it selectively mute um, because I was just such a nervous, scared kid. And I was, I was really bullied in school um, up until probably high, really high school. And, you know, I was just a weird kid. And I, I just realized, I think I was just older than everyone, if that makes sense. Now I feel like everybody's kind of caught up to me. And um I was in the seventh grade. I was very, I was a very ill kid as well. I missed a lot of school and, you know, I was always going, you know, coming down with something, always had the flu, always had strep throat. And I remember uh, being at home one day and my mom said, you know, Liz, the more you try to be like everyone else, the sicker you get. Mm -hmm. 
And I don't, you know, I've always been one kind of in my wiring for success, I guess, where I thought about it. And I really like took that to heart. And that was the day that I was like, okay, I'm just going to be who I am because I'm uncomfortable anyway. I, you know, I'm always, I always feel like crap, but the more I try to be like people, the more obvious it is that I'm trying. And my mom was right, you know, the more sick I became. And so I just started leaning into Liz, right? And um, I wish more, I wish more people, especially more young people would realize, you know, every, everything in life is just a phase and it's not to be taken so seriously. Mm -hmm. Even my business, um, you know, I was telling Claudia before we hit record, like, why not just have it be fun? You know, I could go out and get a job and somebody else can worry about my paycheck. Right. But I can, I can have as much fun. I can be as much myself as possible writing tales from the black tank. That was just me being me and not worrying about um, anyone else. Me right now we're recording. I have a, I have like a border and, you know, I've got the in sync in the background, the headband. This is Liz just being who Liz is. Um, and I think, I wish I would have gotten that lesson even sooner. Um, and I wish, I wish more people would be brave enough to just be themselves. That's such a great message. And I'm sorry you had to go through all those struggles, but um, that you have come to this place right now where you can be authentic, where you can just be yourself and have fun. <laughs> That is so amazing. And yeah, congratulations. That's amazing because so many people never get to be comfortable being who they are. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for asking that question because I find that a lot of people um, that really don't know me and they just, they just look at me and they think, oh, well, it must be nice for Liz. It must be nice to just be an extrovert and to have this fun personality And, you know, to just be so brave naturally, be wired like that, right? Mm -hmm. But the truth of the matter is I, I wasn't, I, I barely spoke as a child. I was always nervous. I used to hyperventilate, uh, you know, from being so nervous that I, and, you know, do that to the point of fainting. Like, this is not a story I tell normally, but I say that to, you know, you can rewire yourself if you want to. It's all about the stories you tell yourself. And if you, you know, I could be that person today if I wanted to, but I knew deep down, you know, the forefront of my mind was, oh my gosh, life sucks. This is terrible. I'll never do the, the thing. But there was something in the back of my head that said, you know, and maybe that's part of my wiring that said, no, Liz, you you know, if you want it, just go do it. Like if you want it, you can change. And so I was able to come out of my shell, able to, you know, learn things and try new things and say, well, what if I just wore this funny headband? What if I just wrote a book about poop? What if I just spoke up for myself? What if I just leaned into Liz and didn't worry about the rest? Um, and I've been able to quite literally change my whole entire life to be who I am today. And so 
it's not about just looking at people on, you know, you look at people online and they look so polished and, oh, I'll never be able to have that. I'll never be able to do this. I started my business. I didn't even have internet. I took it from laundromats, from libraries. Um, you know, my first book was about poop for heaven's sakes. Um, and even when I, you know, every year it, it was something else. And, uh, I mentioned my husband, we're now divorced because, you know, there just wasn't the support there, but I just wanted to go after what I, what was truly Liz and what I was wired for. And, um, the more I do that, the happier I am and the more successful I, um, become. Yeah. That story rates resonates so much with me because I used to be the same, like very shy. I wouldn't speak up. I didn't have my own voice because I was always told, you know, kids should be seen, not heard. So I, it's like, you weren't allowed to have an opinion maybe in some cases or just, I was very, very shy and I hated public speaking so much. So I would never, ever have thought that I would at some point in my life create my own podcast and be a podcast host. So it's really no matter where you are in your life right now and what you think you can do, I'm sure you can do so much more than you think you're capable of. And let's just listen this story and my story be an inspiration and a reminder that you can absolutely change what you do with your life, who you are, how you show up and what you can achieve. Don't let anyone else tell you what you're capable of because they don't know, you know, and you just have to let it flow. <laughs> So are you someone who sets goals and creates New Year resolutions each year? And if so, can you maybe tell us about your big audacious goals for 2022? Uh, sure. I am a goal setter like mad. So I actually have, I'll show you if you're just watching the podcast, you can't see, but I have a big planner. I write down every day, you know, what I'm going to do. I cross it off. I'm really... I've become one of those people. That was actually one of the first things uh, back, you know, in my childhood days when in the sixth grade, they give you a planner. And I was like, wow. And, you know, in the planner, it says, um, you know, what are your goals? And it had places for, to write out your dreams. And to me, that was like opening a whole new world. I was like, wow. I never felt like more adult, right? <laughs> And I still use a planner to this day. And so I'm definitely a goal setter. Um, speaking of what Claudia was just talking about, um, you know, being brave enough. My word of the year is courage. Mm -hmm. Last year, my word was uncharted. I wanted to go to places like I, I think I might not have, I grew up very poor. And so um, when I finally did start making money, I had no idea what to do with it. It was really bad. And I said, okay, 2021, my big goal was to like really harness um, the cash flow, so to speak, and like, you know, make it work for me instead of always working for money and go to those uncharted places uh, with money, you know, learning about investing, learning about saving, budgeting, all those things I had never learned. And then also going to uncharted places in my business, like doing things that other people I hadn't seen, you know, being done before. And so this year, uh, my big 
resolution is to, uh, and this has not really much to do with business, but it's to be more honest about my feelings. And maybe that does have to do with business because I've always been, like I said, kind of wired for success in that if I set a goal, like I'll hit it. I, I usually tell people like, if Liz Wilcox says this out loud, you might as well write it in stone because it's happening. And, and that's for better or worse, right? You know, there are some times where I'll push, push, push. Cause, Oh, I said I was going to do this. Like when I launched tales from the black tank, you know, I put it online. I pre-sold it. I said, Oh, it's going to be done by, it was June 1st. I said, it's going to be done by July 15th. And I push, push, push. I mean, I so many late nights. So, you know, trying to figure it out, uh, dead, you know, following up with people on deadlines and such. And so it's good. I hit the goal. Obviously, I'm telling this story five years later, um, but I was tired at the time. And so last year I was push, push, pushing. I had a goal to retire my services. I used to do copywriting. And I only wanted to do it for two years to build up enough cash flow to just talk about email marketing. And uh, I did it. But oh my gosh, I was so tired. I literally, it was by the end of the year, it was, I retired them like December 10th. So about a week before the two year mark. And I saved up an entire year's salary and I did it. But I did it because I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning every single day for eight months straight, you know, minus the weekends because I have a daughter. But um, boy, oh boy, I'm still in recovery. I'm still, I'm taking it very easy. This is my first week back in 2022 um, and it's Thursday and I'm tired. <laughs> but in, so in 2022, my big resolution is to, you know, be more honest about my feelings and uh, let them uh, control more than my brain. Cause I'm very much a doer. I'm very much a high achiever. And sometimes I think I don't have any feelings around a certain thing I'm just doing. But I, when I slowed down, I realized, Oh, I have a lot of feelings. I've just been too busy to hear them or feel them. Right. And so I'm really resolving to be more honest about my feelings. Uh, you know, uh, sorry to my ex-husband, <laughs> Uh, but, uh, no, I'm joking. We actually get along really well nowadays. Um, but, um, also, so a big goal of mine this year, as far as business, I do want to write another book. I find there's just so many people. Like when I say, oh, I make email marketing fun, you know? Oh yeah. Right. Oh, I'd like to see that, you know? Um, and it, because email seems so complicated, you know, there's all these, uh, I call them the internet gods, but it's like, why is this in spam? And, you know, when I just, when it's a brand new person, why is it, what do I, what do I say every single week? What, what is a welcome sequence? And there's so many different pieces of advice out there for so many different industries that I, the biggest thing I see people is they just simply, oh, that's too complicated. It's easier to just post something on Instagram or, you know, open a Facebook group. I'm just going to do that instead. So I really want to write a book that makes email simple. I really want to write a book that makes email fun. So my goal for this year, my big goal is to write a comic book about email marketing. Nice. <laughs> and really, because I, well, I, I was, and everyone complicates stuff. I was 
I said, okay, I'm going to write a book about email. You know, it's going to help me get bigger media opportunities. You know, I was thinking of it from a strategical point of view, because that's how my brain works. Um, but I told, I told a friend that, or I told someone and they said, oh, that's going to be so funny. And I thought, oh yeah, it should be funny. Like I wasn't even thinking, I was just thinking, oh gosh, now I got to write a book. This is going to be so hard, which is so funny. And so I said, well, I always ask myself two questions when I create something. I say, what would this look like if it was easy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I, and then a follow-up, what would it look like if it was fun? Mm-hmm. Cause those are sometimes two different answers. You know, sometimes it's like, well, if it was easy, I'll just hire Joe Blow to do it. Right. Or, but you know, sometimes, oh, if it was fun, you know, I'll write a comic book. Cause that's what I was thinking. What would this look like if it was easy? And my answer was, well, I'll just hire a ghostwriter and I'll just create the outline and they'll write it and I'll edit it. Right. That sounds easier. But then I said, well, what would it look like if it was fun? I was like, oh, it would totally be a comic book. <laughs> I could do that. You know, the same way with my Tales from the Black Tank. If it was easy and fun, I wouldn't write the whole thing. You know, I would, it would be chapters and it would be different perspectives. And so so that's my big goal. I don't know how to draw, so I'll probably have to find an artist to help me. Um, but I just want, going back to that original point of, I just want, if you are listening right now and you're like, yeah, email is kind of complicated. I don't know how you would make it fun. Um, I just want people to be able to pick up the book and read it and like literally be able to visualize, oh, that's exactly what she's saying. I totally get it. And I think a comic book would do that to literally visualize it and keep it very simple. Um, and all the things I normally talk about, about building a foundation, I think, it, I think it would just be really fun. That's my big, big goal for this year. <laughs> it does sound like fun and well, best of luck to you. Thank you. Now I have to do it because I, 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 this is being it. recorded and this is going to be published. Oh, yeah. So now, uh, now, hopefully by the time this is... Um, <laughs> this is out there you know we'll have we'll have like a wait list uh in the show notes for you <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so what are the biggest email marketing mistakes you see people make right now okay let's get into it so this is we're creating the outline for the book right now folks this is oh. <laughs> this is live and <laughs> okay so the biggest mistake i see people making is And this is no shade against other email marketers, but as I told you my story, you know, I started off as a blogger and then I went into email and I had a different strategy because I was doing different things. A lot of other people, email marketers start off as copywriters, you know, they work for bigger names, they, and they, you know, they, what do they say? Earn your chops, whatever, um, you know, doing that. And so I have a different perspective. And I think the biggest thing email marketers will tell you is to tell stories. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, stop telling so many stories. Number one, if you don't have time to write a story, your ideal customer probably does not have time to read it. How many emails do you have completely unopened in your inbox right now? Probably thousands, tens of thousands, some people, right? And that's because they're not relevant. The, the main things you have to understand, um, I follow an email staircase is what I call it. First, you've got a follower, right? Somebody gets on your list. You turn them into a friend 
And then when you have a list full of friends, you can turn them into customers. The same way I said, hey, why the heck do you follow me? And they told me, oh, funny stories. So I collected or I created a book on funny stories. You know, my friends told me exactly what to make, right? And so you have to connect. And I will, you know, I will admit all day long, stories connect with people. I've told several stories on this podcast, but in the inbox, in your email, you are looking, so I'm picking up my phone right now. I like props, okay? And, you know, you're really looking for something that's relevant to you. And so when you write an email, when you turn someone into a friend, number one, you have to invest time in them, right? Get to know them. Just the same way I said, oh, well, my people like in sync and they like color and they're, you know, they grew up in the 90s. I've invested my time to know that about them, right? The same way, like, oh, my, my people love the Grateful Dead in the RV blog. They love talking about, you know, ridiculous RV stories. I invested my time to learn that about them, okay? Number two, you have to share in a relatable way, right? So of course, you know, I'm not telling poop stories to my email marketing friends. They don't care. That's gross. They're here for business, right? So I'm sharing in a relatable way. I'm talking about, you know, being on Claudia's podcast. I'm talking about, um, you know, being able to take a week's vacation, et cetera, et cetera, stuff that's relatable. And then you have to stay top of mind. If Claudia and I meet at a conference, you know, maybe I add her on Facebook and then I don't talk for to her for six months and then I ask her to help me launch my course, she's going to be like, well, I remember you, but I don't really care about you, right? And so that's where it comes in with the consistent emailing. And that's all you have to do with every single email as well. Just share in that relatable way, invest your time and stay top of mind. And you don't have to tell stories to do that. Sure, if you have a story to tell, go ahead, write that. But every single week, People don't care that much. People are never been more distracted. We're living in this COVID world. COVID is never going away, right? Like there's always going to be something. We're now spending so much time on Zoom. Maybe you're on Zoom. The TV's on in the background. Your spouse is trying to show you some funny TikTok they saw. Your kids wondering, you know, asking why the new Nintendo Switch doesn't work. You know, there's all this technology in our face. And if you tell a story every single week, that isn't relevant, that isn't, you know, relatable, et cetera. It's training people to not open your email. Oh, that I know, I know Liz is sending me a long email today. It's going to be some story. I don't have time. Maybe I'll read it later. And it's just, and they never read it later, right? Because then a bajillion other people are emailing them and it goes, you know, onto page two. Once something hits page two, it's gone forever, right? That's so true. So the biggest mistake is just thinking that you have to tell a story every time. Instead of telling stories, ding, 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 here's the sound effect. Here's what you do instead. This is the outline for every newsletter you need to write. Just greet them, give a personal update. So you still need to get personal. You need to connect with people. And a personal update is just anything you can think of to tell them that you've done since the last time you emailed them. So I email every Tuesday, what was something I did since last Tuesday? Oh, you know, hey, Mary, I just got off a podcast with Claudia. We talked about some stories I've never brought up before, but you know, it was really funny to talk about my old RV days. And then I said, that's the personal update. That's it, right? I'm making a connection. I told them something that happened. I reminded them I used to have a travel blog, you know, and then you just segue into whatever content you want. 
And here's the segue. All caps. Anyway, dot, dot, dot. (laughs) What I really want to talk about is my new podcast episode, my new Instagram. Uh, You know, I saw this thing on Facebook and I'm really upset about it. Here's a paragraph about what I really think instead, right? You know, whatever content you want to put out there, right? Because people are, you know, they're looking to you for some sort of content. That's why they got on your site. You know, maybe you're a crochet blogger and they want more crochet platter patterns. You know, anyway, here's the crochet pattern of the week. You know, hope you enjoy, uh, you know, making this pattern while you, you know, watch your kids or whatever, right? That's the entire newsletter. It should not take you more than 20 minutes. Oh, great tips. Thank you so much. Now, what are your best tips for turning those new subscribers into customers? Do you follow any kind of formula, like a ratio between giving value or newsletter And sales emails, they send out three value emails for every sales email or something like that? No, no, that's way too formulaic for me. (laughs) I like to keep things simple. If it takes more, I always tell people, if it takes more than two steps, like I'm out, like I'm just a two-step chick. Like if it's three steps, I'm out. Um, So really it's up to you. It's up to your goals and it's up to your subscribers. So, you know, my first website was with RV bloggers, you know, they did not have as much of a tolerance as, you know, people who are building business who, you know, uh, they have a much higher tolerance. So with the RV blog, you know, I was, I was talking about, I would talk a lot about things I was creating and then I would do the typical launch, you know, Monday through Friday, you know, I've spent three months talking about, Hey, I'm creating this, I'm crafting this, I'm tweaking that. And now we're launching it. Um, but I think it, it really just depends on you, but as far as how to turn, uh, you know, your email subscribers into customers, I would really recommend telling them right off the bat that you are going to sell them something. So if you don't have a tripwire or something that makes it very obvious that you're a business from the get-go, you need this, but everyone needs this. So somewhere in your welcome sequence, there has to be where you set expectations. I call it the newsletter expectations email, where you say, I'm going to send you a newsletter every Tuesday. I'm going to go live in my Facebook group on this, whatever kind of content you create, right? And then ding, 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 ding. If you learn nothing but from Liz Wilcox, let it be this. I am going to offer you free and paid services, free and paid products, whatever word you want to use. And you've got to have that in there because even if you don't have products yet, or your products aren't selling. It just kind of flips a switch in the back of their head. Oh, Claudia is a business. Oh, Liz is a business. And this is what saved me in that B2C world, right? Where people, you know, they're not expecting to pay for anything. They just watch YouTube videos on, you know, caravanning all day long, right? But I told them upfront to expect paid products from me. And so somewhere, like if you do nothing else for the rest of the day, or maybe you're listening to this at night and you have an agenda for tomorrow, please go put that one sentence in there. You don't have to write the whole email, but just put that one sentence. I'm going to offer you free and paid products. If you have some products, then you can sub bullet, you know, 
like my $9 membership, like my 20 minute newsletter, whatever. Right. But if you don't have any, don't worry, but you've got to put that sentence in there because it just lays the foundation for what's coming up so that when you send out a sales email or you send out a newsletter and a PS, you know, check out my coaching program. It's not a surprise because they, you literally told them when you first met them, quote unquote, that you were going to offer paid products. If they don't like it, they're going to unsubscribe, which is good, right? Yeah, that's so important to set those expectations and to give people the chance to opt out as well. I mean, because you don't need a big list of people who will never who will never buy from you. So what what's the point? So if they if they Amen. that <laughs> they can unsubscribe straight away, right? Yes. Uh, Last but not least, where can our listeners find you online if they would like to have more fun with you or learn about email marketing? Sure. Of course, I'm an email marketer. So I want you on my email list. I email every Tuesday like I've casually dropped a few times. (laughs) Uh, And you can go to LizWilcox.com. In the top right-hand corner, there's a hot pink button that says free email swipes. So like I was just mentioning that newsletter expectation email, if you want to see an example of that, I actually, when when you get the free email swipes, I have an entire welcome sequence that shows you how to build that foundation so you can turn those people into friends and to customers. And so it's an entire welcome sequence already written. You take out the Liz Wilcoxness of it and you put in your stuff. And then I also give you three newsletter examples so you can kind of see what I've been talking about this whole hour about you know really connecting with your people. And if that's not enough, I give you 52 email subject lines for prompts. So you have an entire year's worth of ideas for you. That's entirely free. You go to LizWilcox.com. That button, it's hot pink or hot purple, depending on your color, your color scheme. Um, it says free email swipes it's in that top right hand corner. And then, of course, if you're really into the 90s like I am and you want some email inspiration and some 90s fun, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at the Liz Wilcox, T-H-E Liz Wilcox. I share a lot of fun stuff over there, too. Perfect. Thank you so much, Liz, for sharing all those tips and insights with all of us today. It was wonderful having you on the show. Oh, it was so great. I had, I had a lot of fun. You brought out some really great stories. Thank you for having me. And I can't wait to see what everybody does with email marketing. My pleasure. So take care and talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Wired for Success podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a sec to rate and review my show or share it with a friend. That way you can support the show and help me reach and support other entrepreneurs like yourself as well. If you would like my help to figure out how you can go from overwhelmed and overworked hustler to empowered and confident leader, check out my website at www.wiredforsuccess.solutions and book a free 20-minute strategy session with me. Can't wait to help you get wired for success. Until next time, take care. Bye.